Welcome to As He Leads, a Bible study podcast for busy women. My name is Rachel Kennedy, and I'll be your guide as we walk through His Word as He Leads. Before we get started with our reading today, I do want to say a quick prayer. Father God, we thank you that we have the ability to come together in this way. We ask, Lord, that as we read through Genesis chapter 9, that you open our hearts and our eyes and our ears, that we may understand the message that you've given us here. Lord, help us to apply it to our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm recording in a new location and with a new recording app, so hopefully my audio quality is a little bit better. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. Without further ado, here we go with Genesis chapter 9. Again, I'm reading from the ESV. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. And for your lifeblood I will require a reckoning. From every beast I will require it, and from man. From his fellow man I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. And you, be fruitful and multiply. Increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, as many came out of the ark. It is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is a sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is a sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the people of the whole earth were dispersed. Noah began to be a man of the soil, and he planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, 
laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backward, and they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. All the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. I don't know about you, but I kind of struggled through this passage when I initially read it. There's a lot here to think about, and that's interesting, but it's hard for me originally to find ways to apply Genesis 9 to my life today. So I'm going to kind of go through some of the things that stood out to me, and then I'll go into our takeaways and, and my challenge for you. So some of the things I found interesting um, in verse 1 of chapter 9, we have a reiteration of Genesis 1.28, where God commands Noah and his family to go forth and multiply and fill the earth, which makes sense. Everybody else is gone. It's up to Noah and his family to be the mothers and fathers of creation. Verses 2 and 3 indicate very clearly that the human-animal relationship has now changed. Um, it implies that until this point, people were likely vegetarians. I mean, we don't have anything that says that they were. We also don't have anything that says they weren't. But it implies very clearly here that God is giving humans permission to consume animal flesh for sustenance. At this point, we don't have clean and unclean animals. We're not eating meat that still has blood in it, or we're not removing the heart from a sacrificial animal and eating the still beating heart. <laughs> I am going to include a link in the show notes about... Um, how scientists, Christian scientists, have documented how the world likely changed after the flood. I find it fascinating. Not just, um, obviously, the lack of people, but how the face of the earth shifted, completely shifted. Verses 11 through 17 repeatedly talk about the new covenant, how God is establishing a new covenant with Noah and his family. We see here the mention of the bow, or the rainbow in the sky, and this covenant that keeps getting referred to, this promise. Anytime in scripture when we see something repeated, it's something to pay attention to. This promise is that God is never going to do this again. It's not that there will never be a flood again. It's not that he won't use natural disasters to punish or to bring judgment but it's his promise, God's promise, that he will never use a flood to completely wipe out the earth again. To me, that's really important because we have to believe it. If we believe that God created the world in seven days, if we believe that God was and is and is forever, that he always has been and always will be, 
that he is not wrong and he does not lie, then we have to believe that when he says, through Moses, that he flooded the whole earth, that he flooded the whole earth. A worldwide flood, not a speck of land on our entire globe. And he promises he'll never do that again. Starting in verse 18, we look at Noah's descendants. We see his three sons that were on the ark with him, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. We see that Ham has a son, Canaan. Um, Theologians state that this probably took place some number of years after uh, they disembarked from the ark. Noah was able to plant a vineyard, which was a new thing for him. Apparently it was a new thing in general. Um, He intentionally or unintentionally fermented the grape juice and he got drunk. Most scholars agree that since we see a lot of Noah's character in other places, that this was probably an accidental drunk. Not something intentional, not a bender, just an oops. I think a lot of us have had those moments where we've had, oops, I drank way more than I intended to. In any event, Noah had too much to drink. He passed out naked or at least exposed in his tent and Ham found him there. Now Ham thought it was funny, so he went and told his brothers. His brothers seemingly were embarrassed for their father, so they did the right thing and covered him up so he wouldn't be exposed. And they covered him up in a very honorable fashion. They put probably a robe between them, walked backwards with their faces facing the tent opening, draped the garment over their dad, covered up his nakedness, and left. They didn't look at him. Can't say I blame him. That's not something I would want to see either. But when Noah woke up, he knew what happened. To me, that implies that him probably had a track record. If he knew automatically that his youngest son, Ham, was the one who had seen him naked and that his two other boys had taken care of him, that says something about Ham's character as well. From here, Noah issues a curse on, not on Ham, but on Ham's son. And at this point, Noah is speaking prophetically. This is a word from God where Noah is cursing the descendants of Ham. The blessings that he follows with are also of God. And I want to kind of unpack those a little bit because they're not things that we would necessarily um, instantly understand in this day and age. When he says, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, he's saying that Christ, the Messiah, will come from Shem's line. And Canaan be his servant, which anytime we see that, it's implied that Shem's descendants would conquer Canaan and his descendants, making them servants. May God enlarge Japheth. That doesn't mean make him taller or stronger or anything like that. Enlarging Japheth spoke more to the number of descendants of Japheth and his family. 
and let him dwell in the tents of Shem. This implies spiritual blessings that would come to the Japhethites by dwelling under the house of Shem, the tents of Shem. So the lineage of Shem leads us to Christ. The Japhethites would, or the, the lineage of Japheth, would dwell in those tents, would dwell spiritually under that house of Shem, that, that lineage of Christ. And again, let Canaan be his servant. I thought that was really cool. Our first takeaway is from our rainbow. We can't talk about Genesis 9 and not talk about the rainbow. Especially in this day and age, the rainbow symbol has been corrupted and perverted. But the rainbow is still the same symbol today that it was to God when he made a promise to Noah. Like so many of God's other creations, the enemy has perverted its meaning, especially in recent years. In the commentary critical and explanatory on the whole Bible for Genesis 9.13, when we're talking about the rainbow in the sky, this is common and familiar phenomenon being made as a pledge of peace. Its appearance when showers begin to fall would be welcomed with the liveliest feelings of joy. And remember, rain from the sky was a new phenomenon for Noah's family. The 40 days and nights of rain would have been the first rain of their lives. So seeing this rainbow when it starts to rain was a reminder that, oh yeah, God said he'd never do that again. Okay, just a little rain. We can do this. That sign of the rainbow is still a promise from God. It doesn't matter what group, what political faction or belief structure grabs a hold of that and tries to make it their own. The rainbow is a symbol given to us from Yahweh, Jehovah, our God, our Father in heaven as a promise to keep us safe from a worldwide flood. Takeaway number two. When I read through chapter nine of Genesis, I really noticed that there's a break in um, how it's laid out at about verse 18. We go from everybody's off the ark and we're celebrating, we're happy, we're getting this new promise, God's giving us some new rules. And now we're gonna talk about Noah and his kids and blessings and curses. So this second takeaway is from that second section. I had a question when I was taking my notes initially of why did Noah shift his focus from Ham to Canaan when he was shamed in his nakedness? I really think the shift here is a focus on how the sin and righteousness is perpetuated Dr. Thomas Constable notes that the Canaanites became known for their shameless depravity in sexual matters. The general lesson of this passage is that God blesses those who behave righteously, but curses those who lack moral restraint. We need to be very careful about viewing nudity. So my takeaway here is also a warning. Ladies, I know that Pornography is a typically viewed as a male thing. 
guys are addicted and what have you. But there are almost as many women, studies have shown, that are addicted to pornography as men. There are as many Christian women and men who view pornography or who are addicted to it as there are non-Christians. Ladies, we've really got to guard our hearts, guard our eyes. We've got to be careful with what we're feeding our minds and our hearts. If you are having a struggle with pornography, I'll link some resources in the show notes. Know you're not alone. Please know that you're not alone. Please know that you can beat it and that God is ready to embrace you and it doesn't make you any less his daughter because you're struggling with a sin. I'm wrapping up my challenge today for you is to look at your legacy. What examples are you living that are being passed along to your family, to your friends, to your neighbors, your co-workers, other people in your circles that you interact with? Are you exhibiting traits like Shem and Japheth? Of discretion? Are you exhibiting Are you exhibiting traits like Shem and Japheth of discretion, honor, and blessing without shame? Or are you sliding towards hands behaviors of exploiting faults and weaknesses and mistakes? Let's pray. Dear Lord, search our hearts. God, there's a lot more that we can relate to in this day and age with Noah's day and age than we probably initially thought. God, we ask that you reveal to us our own legacies. Show us our strengths where we're doing well and show us areas where we need to improve. Lord God, and above all, remove from us our sins. God, we ask your forgiveness, and we ask that you help us to do better. Show us the way to live for you today, Lord. Help us to correct our legacy. Let our legacy be your legacy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to thank you again for listening in to As He Leads, a Bible study podcast for busy women. My name is Rachel Kennedy. I really do look forward to hearing from you. Um, I'd love to get some email feedback. How's my audio quality? Is there anything I'm missing? Something else that you'd like to hear? Do you have any questions or concerns, comments, suggestions? I'm still new to this podcast game. I just feel like this is something God wants me to do, so I'm doing it on faith, (laughs) and any feedback that you have would be very appreciated. You can reach me uh, through the Anchor FM app, or you can also reach out to me uh, at, with, (laughs) you can also reach out to me through email at as.he.leadsblog 
at gmail.com. Be sure to check the show notes, and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Have a blessed day.